welcome to another episode of Say Something Interesting, the follow-up podcast from East Lake Tri-Cities. With me my, is my friend, Megan. I started that really fast I was today. like incredibly fast. A lot of coffee this morning. I mean, you talk really fast anyway, yes. but that one was... My name is Brent, <laughs> and you are listening to the weekly edition of all things that we have found interesting in our lives, uh, what we talked about on Sunday, and just things that we've watched and done, and whatever else... Yeah. Megan, how are you? Doing all right. Surviving Just, this thing? Yeah. We are on like week, I don't know, 11 yeah. of uh, <laughs> coronavirus. We are uh, recording this here at the theater and making this thing happen, trying to. It's the only live thing that we do currently at the theater. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry. No. We do the live teaching we, on Sundays. Yeah. But like the only, I don't know. It's been really empty, is all I'm saying. So <laughs> there's not a lot going on at the theater. <laughs> It's this and Sundays, and yeah. then it's been and pretty quiet. Yeah, and then we've been yeah. painting and cleaning carpets, and I've been organizing things. Organize like all of these like yeah. projects that were like, hey, we'll get to that someday. We're like, what Today better time than someday. now? Like, if we don't do it now. <laughs> what other day are we going to be like? Well, this was a better time than yeah. Corona than yeah. to do all these projects. Like those memes that are like, um, I always used to say I didn't clean my house because I didn't have time. Quarantine has determined that that is a lie. Yeah, that's a, that's a lie. Um, <laughs> Those are if they're not getting done now, then when what are you waiting for here, yeah. partner? So um, yeah, those things are happening. Yeah, and uh, it's uh, it's nice. It's uh, it's middle of May now. We're almost like to the no, like literally was... like how fast is May gone? I feel like April. I know. I feel like April was perhaps the longest month <laughs> in the history of mankind. And now I know, May I feel is like almost March was done. really long for me. Oh yeah, March and, and April. March both, and April, but yeah, it's like ugh, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it's good. We yeah. just uh, are continuing our series uh, called Now What? We did week four on Sunday, a relook at the Sermon on the Mount and what it means for all of us. But before we dive into kind of the follow-up stuff uh, from all of that, uh, I wanted to let you know that we made an addition to our home about a week ago that has transformed our our experience of living at home. Do you own a hammock, Megan? I, I don't currently because I don't have anywhere to place one. But we had one when I was growing up because we had these two like perfect trees yeah. that were the perfect distance. It was like forest green hammock and yeah. it was the best ever. So we uh, have got trees, but they're so far apart. I bought a hammock uh, last two years ago, last year, something like that. But they're so far apart, it's like awkward, it's hard to put together, it's not easy, it's like a process. You spend just as much time setting up and tearing it down as you did laying in it, and that's just not as exciting. Like, out camping, I love my hammock, I bring it out, you know, we'll go do that kind of thing. But, so, and, and it was closer, the only trees that work in our place are like right near a roundabout and right near the road, and so you just can't like leave it up, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, and then somebody mentioned to us, hey, we've got a, a, a hammock that we're trying to get rid of, you know, do you want it? And we went over and took a look at it, and it's like a freestanding one. Yeah, like one they have things. the stands, yeah. And oh my gosh, we got it in the backyard, and the kids are absolutely loving it. I'm surprised we haven't lost any teeth yet, because it does flip <laughs> over quite easily. We put it on that new um, uh, like patio thing mm-hmm. extension that we, we built during quarantine, because we always said, you know, if we ever had time, we'd extend our patio. And so we did. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> And uh, it's been wonderful. It's been like, and the evenings right now are just perfect too. Mm-hmm. Like the sun sets right behind the trees and it's just cool. It's cool enough, but warm enough. Ah, man, it has been uh, dreamy out, yeah. out there on the back patio. So upgrade. So yeah, I love a, a hammock. hammock. I like 100% want a hammock when I have the ability yes, to do that. Yes, absolutely. Um, so yeah. <laughs> so my brother or my fun. sister and brother-in-law just put a hammock up in their tree. They have like one tree in their backyard. I don't know how my brother-in-law did it, but he put a hammock up. 
and um, in the tree. Like, yeah. Well, so Matt and Cam just bought, uh, so that's uh, Kylie's sister, mm -hmm. and they live right around the corner from us, like a seated hammock that you can hang on like a tree branch, basically. Yeah, I, so like, I have a friend who has them, one of right? those, yeah. too, but no, this is like an actual hammock. Oh, really? He just like, I think he attached it to the trunk at one point, and then like a big branch at the other point. Ooh, and risky business. I, but I don't know. It looks, <laughs> he's that, he's like that kind of person, though. He has those kinds Figures of things out yeah. in that way. That, that tree also has a rope swing on it, nice. so it's a pretty active tree. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Supports a lot of recreational activities for them. Uh, and then the other exciting thing, so we, we got a hammock, and then the other exciting thing is uh, tomorrow I'm taking the kids fishing up at the Toucan and Lakes. Yeah, I clarified whether you were taking all of them or All not. of them. Mother's Day <laughs> came and left, and this is, uh, the gift's going to be a little bit late this year, Kylie, sorry. I don't think she'll mind. Enjoy <laughs> a day with no kids. Um, so yeah, my, my dad's going to go with us, and cool. I hear they stocked the ponds a few months back, or like back in March, and then again in April, but nobody's been able to go. <laughs> so these fish have just been, I don't know, eating each other and growing, I yeah, guess. Yeah, probably. Um, so they should be monsters. So yeah, I don't know. We'll see. What kind of fish do they? I think it's it just with? trout. Okay. Yeah, and the pr the problem is, uh, the, here's the problem with fishing with kids. If you haven't figured this out yet, they want to keep every fish that they catch. Oh yeah. Including the tiny baby ones that like literally, you can't clean them and then eat. There's nothing to eat. Like <laughs> you clean them and then that's it. And so you basically are just killing these small fish. Yeah. Uh, I mean they were raised to be caught like for by kids so it's fine i'm not like whatever but um yeah it is tough do they because, have limits yeah oh okay. yeah, yeah they have limits and you know all that kind of stuff yeah. but and we won't i'll try and talk them out of keeping every fish that they catch because they then think that they want all of them to take home and then i cook them up and then they like have like a bite and yeah. like I, I think we're good and i'm like well we have 14 more fish in the fridge <laughs> so i don't know what you're telling what you want me to do you better get ready to eat them. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, and it wouldn't be a big deal. Like, I feel like if you've ever cooked them over, over an open campfire, I, they did taste 10 times better. And I don't know how I do it at home that just doesn't. You'd think at home with a more controlled environment and all of that, it would be better or just as good or whatever. In but, terms of, like, the kids actually eating it or, um, or just, just your experience? My own personal, personal experience. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, I've tried. I've even like done the Traeger thing to be like ah. Traeger trout, but it just doesn't. Nah. I'd rather do a campfire, but. Well, you could, do Anyways. you have a fire pit? <laughs> just open we have a propane fire pit. <laughs> oh, I don't think then. it's the same thing. Um, but Kylie would grill. love trout juice all over that. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> if we spilled that all over that propane fire pit, can't wait to have friends over and sit around that thing. And My parents like, have a propane Did somebody take their shoes too? off? What is that? Yeah. <laughs> that smell. It's that the smell. combo of yeah. propane oh, and fish. It's great. Yep. <laughs> Super great. Can't wait. What about you? Uh, just not nothing. I don't know. I would watch TV and hang out with my cats now. Yeah. I actually, because last week I still was like cleaning and doing like life things that I hadn't caught up on because I'd been doing school and. I like erased the last thing on my to-do list on Sunday. And I was like, what, what do I have to put on here? <laughs> and then I was like, I don't have anything to put on here. What do I do? Yeah. So it was a weird moment of like, I don't even, cause like last week I cleaned and did some things that I'd kind of put off, but. Let me ask you this. Do you, do, do you like improv comedy? 
Um, sometimes. I, mean, I know. I, really I know. Like it is. Line. It can be like good or bad, right? Depending on. I don't like extended improv generally. Oh, okay, got it. Um, but I do like who's. Did you line. ever go to like improv? Oh, you were yeah. at Western, so yeah, I went over. to Ryan Styles Improv. He has a club in Bellingham. Okay. Um, and I went there a couple of times. Does he live there? Yeah. Uh, yes. I mean, if he owns a club there, you yeah, think I he... think he lives there. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, or near there. Uh, yeah. Because when we went to when we were in college, we went to Jet City, which is in um. Oh, where is that? Oh, UW District, but it's like mm, I can't even think of like, the street right now. But like a main drag over mm-hmm. there, and it was like a Jet City Improv, and it's it's fun. Like I don't know that I would go like every Friday night, you know what I mean? But yeah. like every once in a while, it was it was really fun. I meant, I bring it up because I have heard, but have not watched, so I cannot give it like my little green light or or the say something interesting piece yet um but uh there's an improv on netflix is it with the two guys yes i saw i like watched the preview the other guy so the um uh if you watched uh silicon valley on hbo pied piper the ceo guy uh, i can't remember his first name right now but last name is middle ditch and then the one of the guys from parks and rec is the um he was friends with aziz and sorry um, both of those guys are in it, and I've heard it's fantastic. And even if you're like, eh, so-so on improv, it's supposedly really, really good improv. So if you're looking for okay. more things to do with your cats and need <laughs> more humor in your life, um, uh, and Psych's just not doing it for you uh, anymore. Uh, yeah. Um, are you still on Psych? <laughs> yeah, I actually, and then I'm also watching West Wing sometimes, like when I want to drama. You're which the classic. Also has, these are, yeah, these are episodes that are like 10 years old. <laughs> I know. Um, I can't do that. Like, Well, I, West Wing is remarkably, relevant relevant i uh, probably <laughs> probably um, I, dude there's a cult following around west wing mm-hmm. and i would say it's like two to a lesser yeah, extent a but um west wing for sure like yeah. you still see t-shirts of you know i can't remember his name but for president bartlett yeah, yeah. bartlett mm-hmm. for president right yeah um, but dule hill is in both of those oh yeah <laughs> and i had a dream that he was in like last week or this weekend or something and i was like I was Julie Hill, and I was like, "Oh, was, I'm watching." Two I'm watching shows both show, both of the shows that I'm into right now. Yeah, that's funny. That's I great. like. I'm a repeater. I like watching things I already watched and like reading things I've already read. That's bonkers, and, man. Yeah, I, I, and <laughs> to the point where, so I got Mulan for Easter when I was like 12 or whatever. So one of our Easter traditions growing up was we would get like a movie or something like that or a book or whatever. Like So we'd get candy and then like a movie or a book in our Easter basket. And I got Mulan, which I love. It's my favorite Disney movie. And I literally watched it every single – because it was right before spring break. And I watched it every single day wow. for like a week. To one, I think one day I watched it twice to the point that my sister was like, could we watch anything else? This is ridiculous, Megan. Confession: I don't think I've ever sat through a full show of Mulan. <laughs> well, because I was like, it came out after. <laughs> if this is your favorite one, it came out a little bit like I was in. Uh, what, what year did it come out? I was probably in I college or maybe out you, out of college. Uh, you're, in high, you're only like four years older than me. Yeah, thirty-seven. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I was not in that Disney phase. I wasn't like okay, whatever so Disney movies coming school. out of in right. If I was like twelve. You were like 16, 17, maybe. Oh, man. I feel like I was older than that. Doesn't no. matter. Anyways. Well, maybe you were. Maybe I was 13. So anyway. never, never saw it. I mean, I know what it is, and, and I feel like it's been on, and I've been, like, the kids have been watching it, and I've been upstairs holding laundry or something like that. But um, but I do know there's a live action sh- movie it was that was supposed, supposed to come, supposed out. To come out. I was, like, legitimately heartbroken. Right. 
And now they're delaying it mm -hmm. uh, to be launched in July, which we'll see about mm -hmm. that. But um, related to that, I saw today Amazon is attempting to buy out AMC, the theater group. Oh. Um, which is kind of an interesting thing. That is like, kind of interesting. Because uh, this would be, again, an arm for them as they release Amazon movies to have theater releases and not just do this and have a controlling arm in that sort of segment because Netflix did this. Um, the, the, uh, the Irishman, when it came out, they bought theaters or not didn't purchase the theaters, but purchased screens to be able to show it because in order to win an Oscar or be eligible mm -hmm. to win an award, you had to have a theatrical release. Mm -hmm. And so that's why they've been They're doing... They're talking about changing that, though, I heard. Yes, I, I did hear yeah. that. Mm -hmm. But in case they don't, mm -hmm. right, this is their backup plan. Or to have controlling... You know, they'll still operate as an AMC or probably keep the name or whatever, but uh, Amazon will be able to show their things without having to lose X amount of dollars to uh, these groups, um, which, you know, I guess it, it kind of makes sense, but it will be interesting to see um, because Amazon did this with the grocery store product with yeah. uh, Whole Foods a Whole while Foods, back. yeah. And uh, now they're trying to do Amazon's just taking over the world, man. They are taking over the world. Yep. But mm -hmm. hopefully you jumped on that AMC stock last week because it's up I'm quite not a bit. a stock person. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, well, <laughs> all right. Uh, oh, last thing before we jump into message stuff. Baseball is in yeah. in discussions about coming back. You and I are both baseball fans. I know uh, there's a people who are listening to this podcast specifically, our, our friend Eric, who are not sports people. And you're like, <laughs> get off of it. This is not a sports podcast. I'm out. I understand. <laughs> this is just a big deal. Like we had our first sporting event of the week of the of the restart or whatever you want to call. Yeah. Um, uh, with the UFC fights over the weekend. Um, not and, my thing. Uh, oh man, definitely my thing. It was awesome. Um. <laughs> And now what we're seeing is that the MLB owners have decided on a reopening plan and they're about to present it probably today is what I've heard mm -hmm. uh, to the players union to discuss um, options for doing yeah. this. It's already open in Taiwan. It's already open in South Korea. They're already playing with cutout cardboard cutouts in the stands of, oh, really? of people to make it Why? feel like there's people there, but there's <laughs> yeah, not. Yeah, but that doesn't. It's super it's the, cheesy. Like, it's the energy and the noise and the like. Yeah. Maybe reaction. they pipe in some sound or something. That I don't know. We, I watched the fights this weekend with nobody in the audience oh, yeah you were saying and it was awkward like for the first like for the first fight you're like oh my gosh they're doing the intros and there's no like bruce buffer's doing his thing and there's nobody cheering it was just like this is so weird and then you could hear the <laughs> footsteps of the guys you could hear him breathing you could hear like the slaps of the of the uh, gloves hitting their faces and everything like you've just never been able to hear before and it was incredibly distracting and noticeable for the very first fight. And then I felt like by like fight two or three, it was just back to normal. And it was like, uh, whatever, it doesn't matter. I feel like that would be the case. Like the first baseball game I watched, I'd be like, this is crazy. I don't know. I don't know if this is going to be, I, we should just wait. And then probably by game two or three, I probably wouldn't even notice. Yeah. It'd be my, that would be my guess. I was like thinking about, cause baseball is relatively low contact anyway. And so like, I don't know that you could exactly like six foot social distance because tagging and whatnot. Right, but right. in general, it's one of the lower contact team sports. Right. And so, like, for them, in terms of, like, figuring out how to do this while keeping players safe, like, that is kind of a, like, bonus, I guess? I don't know. Sure. And they're talking about doing unique things in terms of keeping East Coast teams on the East Coast and forgetting about divisions for the time being, playing a shortened season. I think mm -hmm. I think they said 80 games or yeah. something like that. Um 
and all, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Coming up with some creative. Uh, bottom line, I think they're going to do something, and it's probably going to look a lot different than what a yeah. typical. I saw looks, like but. three different regional divisions. Yeah, and they'll play so like West, West Central, Coast, East. Central, yeah. and East Coast yeah. will like play each other, um, just to reduce travel. Right, and also maybe like probably probably do a lot more bus travel instead. and uh, a universal dh so that you know the national league teams yep. don't have a eh, ah, yeah, yeah. Ah, I'm, I'm excited it'll Anything. be interesting to see what long-term effects that has on if it changes if uh, again change. like how many things are because... we doing as a church that we're like hey we were forced to try this out but now it works like yeah. you see this with uh medicine right now telemedicine um they're they're going well we were forced to kind of meet with our people um over the internet and now we're like hey it's like 90% is good, right? Well, in it, but we're able to see X amount of more people to do this and provide yeah. almost as good of a product. Well, and for the person that you're like, I can't, I can't, like, whatever I can't do right now, just come in now. Like, I, you can yeah. do a lot of better triage online than, right? You know, like, then you don't have to waste the time and space in your, like, practice to, yeah. It's good. It's uh, yeah. people figuring out what we actually. I'm need interested how because like Seattle all constantly talks about travel and how it impacts their ability to perform because they they travel the most in baseball. You're talking about Mariners, yeah, yeah the Mariners, yep. Seattle Mariners. Yep. Sorry, I went back to baseball. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and like in terms of just like logging hours and miles right. and all of that, and if I wonder what they'll try and push through like just having a season playing on the west coast and not having that travel discrepancy like how that will impact how they feel about stuff you're such an optimist i love your optimism i'm not saying they're gonna be good no, i just said suck. i said i'm saying like as Megan. a general manager as a like whatever like in terms of in the future how you talk about how you travel and how you move and stuff like that so yeah i don't know that that will necessarily change in i just don't buy it i've seen those team planes <laughs> It's like a spa in the air. <laughs> they have plenty of room. They're playing cards. They're doing whatever they want to do. I've been watching um, uh, Last Dance. I've been mentioning that oh, yeah, uh, uh -huh. Michael Jordan thing with you. And just seeing that was in the 90s. And the planes that they're flying, the fact that he's smoking cigars in like almost every, anytime he's not on the court, he's in the <laughs> locker room smoking a cigar that you're like, <laughs> like what are you doing in indoors like i don't know if that was i don't know if that's just so new like i just have thought i've forgotten that people used to smoke indoors you know well, yeah I mean? it wasn't until like the 2000s when I, that really so stopped weird and you just see the life that he lived but then the contrast that with there is a, a scene of him in a hotel room just tired of people and Anytime he leaves his room, he's bombarded with people. I don't know. I, I get it. I'm just like the travel piece of it. They don't travel like we travel. Like well, the waiting no. in lines at the, you know, an hour and a half, we have to show up earlier at the airport and sit cramped between two people in the middle row or, you know, whatever. Like it's, it's not. <laughs> I know, but you also like. I don't travel as much you as You don't do, right? travel. Yeah. You're not gone. Not in the air. Traveling right. every day essentially for. Like four weeks, right? Straight, right? Yeah, I know. And the body changes of the temperatures <laughs> and the whatever, and I don't the know. like time changes and the, all of that jazz. The the bottom line is we're so bad, <laughs> Megan. That that has I didn't such say a that to say that to they do. were gonna be good. <laughs> Just saying in terms of like how you travel and yeah. stuff. All right, let's uh, let's we've wasted enough <laughs> people's time on this kind of stuff. Let's jump into our our mm. message on Sunday. We we dove into uh, chapter six. 
of the book of Matthew and uh, specifically his talks on uh, the three religious practices you have to get right. He just got done saying, you've heard it said, but I tell you this, and then here's what you should do, and then he, but, but, but be careful when you do it. Don't do it like these people. Do it instead like this. And he goes in and talks about specifically motives and uh, really addressing why behind what you're doing. There is a way in which you do it that is just as important as what you actually do. The three practices... Um, uh, with this idea of generosity, almsgiving, um, uh, giving in general or whatever, uh, prayer and fasting. I took the first one um, simply because I felt like it was the most relevant to our time frame with, in terms of the, the, um, the image that companies are trying to present themselves uh, with. And I was, again, watching shows last night and watching all these commercials come through. And I just like a little bit of a smile, a little bit of a smirk on my face. Like Mercedes Benz really cares about your <laughs> just like I just don't buy it, guys. You know, this no contact. We promise to deliver this car to your house just so that you can avoid. And I'm like, come on, man, you're your your bottom line is a hurt and you're doing whatever you got to do to do it. So the optics of generosity is what mm -hmm. we talked about. Yep. Um, and how that kind of plays into all of this and um, just just the real uh, the reality or the realization that we will never be exempt. We will never fully avoid the temptation to ask ourselves the question, am I doing this because I want people to think well of me or am I doing this because I genuinely believe in this? No matter how many times you choose, I'm doing this just to be just just to be generous, just to be this. I just I want to be a generous person. We all do. Like that's a that's a uh, a piece that that has no, there's no corner on the religious market for being generous people, right? Um, we want to do that, um, and yet um, no matter how many times we do it, there is gonna especially I think the longer you're in it, there is even more of a temptation to be like. Um, to, to wonder if am I doing this because uh, I want people to think well of the doer. Well, and the like you do something and I know for me, like wa wanting to be recognized, I want people to know I did that because yeah. like I want them to think well of me or I want like that affirmation of I'm doing good things or whatever. Right. So I that's always a struggle for me of like, no, I'm going to do this. And whether people know I did it or not is not the important part. Right. Yeah. So. And if you're cynical and you read this about Jesus uh, offering this as the best way to do life, then you also know, yes, but Jesus, you fasted in the desert. Um, you prayed in John chapter 13. Um, and you were generous, probably maybe not with money, but with just in your time. And, you know, you paid attention to people who were not quote unquote worthy of your attention, right? So you were generous in those ways. Um, and all and the reason that we know it is because these things were recorded for us, right? So your time in the desert, nobody was with you during that time. So obviously you told somebody about it and then that's how we got it. Um, your prayers in the garden were loud enough for some of the disciples to hear it, which is why they wrote it down, which is why we have it. So, like, are you countering your own thing by telling us do it so that nobody would see it, and yet you've done it? You know what I mean? Like, that's mm -hmm. the whole—the yeah. only reason we know he did it is, is this. And my response to that would be—and I, I, I walked away from Sunday wishing I would have addressed this a little bit more. I mentioned the analogy of the iceberg, right? You only see the tip of the iceberg. You, we assume that underneath the water is so much more. That would be the way I would say, yes, we do know about Jesus' prayers. We know about his fasting. 
but it seems like the disciples wrote about it in such a way that there was probably so much more to that than they actually gave us. Um, I would almost guarantee he prayed for every one prayer that we have recorded of him. There's probably 50 that weren't. For every time that he fasted, like for sure the time he didn't only fast in the desert for those 40 days, that was probably part of his regimen on a regular basis. And every once in a while it comes out. And that's what, so then the question becomes, well, when do I, when can I post something? When I, when can I do something? Can I, am I always just living in secret? I mean, is it not okay to kind of either celebrate something or um, be about something, you know, I want to be able to share something that I've read in my devotional times that was inspiring to me and might be inspiring to other people, but I also don't want to do it to make people think, oh, that's cool, he does his devotions or reads these books or these certain authors or um, whatever else. And my, my comment to that would be, I think when Jesus says, out of the out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That is what's in play here. If there's such an abundance of it that it just leaks out, like there's just no way to kind of keep it all in, then that makes sense. But if if the only time that you're saying it, well, sorry, if every chance that you get to illustrate it, it's out there and doing it, and there's nothing underneath the surface, then I think it's flawed and wrong and needs addressing. I'll just be real transparent with you on on this one, okay? Um, so this whole uh, uh, Armad thing, the the shooting of oh, an yeah. unarmed mm-hmm. black man in, mm-hmm. in Georgia, right? Happened this last week, and uh, the the thing that came out it was it was news that didn't make it out of the county, which is atrocious for <laughs> so many reasons. And but because of the Corona stuff, and because of probably I don't know white privilege that yep. it didn't get out. Uh, and then it did, and then it made this like national news and all this kind of stuff. And then they ended up arresting the two guys, and there's still stuff to be figured out and done, right? So it's it's in process. So there's there's not a lot. But then out of it became this. Okay, for Mother's Day, we're gonna run with our mod, and we're gonna post runs that are 2.23 mm-hmm. miles long. So that day, I told Kyla I'm gonna go for a run, and uh, and so I did, and I timed it, and then I got ready to post it, and I realized like <laughs> I'm. I'm illust- by doing this, I have not done the foundational work. And now I'm talking about it. So now I'm backtracking on my own thing. But I don't feel good enough about posting something like that, hashtag I run with mod, without having done the foundational work underneath the water to justify that. I don't want people to see it and think Brent's doing this for like this image mm-hmm. thing, right? It should come as an abundance. It's yeah. he's always been about social justice or he's always been about so many things yeah. that that just comes out in that way. Yeah. And so it was, it was a challenging thing for me to not to not participate in it. I did, but it's then to go, I've got more work to do underneath the water so that when those things come out, people aren't like, I think he's just making a play. I think he's just trying to get, the, I think he's just trying to get likes or mm-hmm. project this image of something or other, you know, uh, I want it to be, real genuine and honest and true about me and so therefore i've got more work to do yeah underneath the water does that make sense yeah it does make sense okay i think there's also like a part of it to um like totally makes i'm not disagreeing with your choice of in that particular situation but with jesus also in particular like he was a teacher like 
so yeah, like when you're a teacher and when you are, have that role in your faith and in your life, you choose things to do in public so that your students can learn. Mm -hmm. And so like when, like, of course I'm going to do this out loud in front of my students so that they can hear me because they need to learn how to do this. Sure. And so like, yes, you say, don't do this for everybody to see, but I'm also your teacher. Mm -hmm. So I need to show you how. And so like, there's also that piece of it too, when you're looking at, when you're saying, yeah, but Jesus did all this stuff in front of everybody. Well, yeah, because he was a teacher. Like he had to, like you, uh, I don't know how you expect him to teach his followers. his role required it. it. Yeah. But he had gained the pathos from his Mm -hmm. disciples enough to where when he did it, was he strategic in what he released and what he didn't release? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Like every good teacher should be, right? But he had done the work. He had done all of the stuff when nobody was watching or when they were watching but don't tell. I mean, you see him heal somebody and be like, hey, don't say anything about this to anybody else, Mm -hmm. right? But then other times he'd be like, go tell your friends. Yep. What's he trying to do? I think he's trying to... um, he knows the disciples are watching. He sees them watching him. He, he maybe he knows they're going to record this and record him saying, "Don't tell anybody about this." It's uh, it's like this game. It's a game, but it's but it's it's trying to build enough of an ethic on a mm-hmm. on a foundation to well, make and it that's have like, some like punch to too. it. You know what I mean? I'm not a parent, but like you do things in front of your kids to show them like, this is the best way to live. This is how you should walk through the world. Like, and so you do things with your kids and in front of your kids that you don't necessarily like, they don't need to tell the whole world you do that. That's not the point. The point is that you're teaching them how to do that. You're teaching them how to live their best life. And so your kids have been watching you for 18 years. Mm -hmm. And then when you stand up in front of people, especially in the role of a pastor or any sort of thing and be like, uh, you know, well, I always live like this, or I always do this. And what better, what better testimony than kids, your kids, to watch you and be like, "BS, you never, you don't live yep. like that." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, or no, that's definitely how he lived. And I've got a hundred more stories to illustrate yep. how he or she actually lives like this. Yeah. And I can't even remember them all. I can't even remember them all. There's so many things that would justify them doing that. And I know, like, my mom has said to that, me a number of times, like. For her as a parent, the biggest compliments she's ever gotten are when people talk about the way her kids move through the world and how they love people and how they like do those kinds of things. Because for her, that's like those everyday, I'm not just like how you move through your life, which is not for glory or not for whatever. It's just how you do what you're doing. Like those for her are the biggest compliments when people talk about how her children have done that, because that means that she did something at least kind of right along the way, you yeah. know? So, like, yeah. And if you remember John's, uh, the conclusion to John's gospel story, his version of the life and the teachings of Jesus, remember he's the one that writes last, you know, in terms of the timeline of all of these coming about, he probably writes it in an old age. He's a pastor, uh, probably a retired pastor of a church. And before he dies, they're like, please write down the last things that you thought of with Jesus. And his concluding statement, to his whole thing is, um, 
And these were just some of the things that I remembered about Jesus. If I was to record everything, you would need more pages than I could come up with. Like, that's a testimony to what you're seeing about the life of Jesus is the tip of the iceberg. What I remember about him, the prayer in John 13 was one time that he prayed of a hundred times that he did it. And he wasn't doing it to project an image. And there was none of us that thought BS, you know, like that's just not who you are. That's not real. That's just, you're, you're doing this for image management or whatever. It was actually legit, which is why we feel comfortable about sharing it with us. And so yeah. I don't know, for me, it was just a, a reminder in this optics of generosity piece, not, not just generosity, generosity, prayer and fasting. So, and uh, so, uh, the last thing that I wanted to come to is this idea <laughs> of fasting. Um, um, in, in kind of researching and studying for this week, I was trying to decide which one of these three to go with. And the fat, the one that I almost went with fasting because there was an interesting part of it where, um, Fasting in a lot of circles that I had grown up with was um, we want God to do something, um, and so we are going to fast in preparation for this, to move the hand of God, or you know, we pray so that God will do something. We also fast so that God will do something. In, in old times, it was we... Do, we break our bodies down so that it will rain, right? We, we, we are desperate for rains. Let, let me prove to you how dedicated I am to this. I'll sacrifice these animals. I'll do this kind of stuff. Um, and that has always been kind of a piece of it in my mind. And as a result, I think that fasting has taken sort of a backseat because I don't like the manipulative factor involved in that. I don't think that God's up there waiting for me. I was going to do something really cool for you, but then you just never prayed and you never fasted. And so <laughs> I just decided not to do it. And I'm like, well, if you wanted to do it, then do it. And if you don't want to do it, then don't do it. Don't rely on me to be a part. Anyways. Um, and, uh, but then when I was reading through some of this, um, it realized, I realized that a lot of times fasting was a commemorative event. Um, it was a, reminding ourselves of the sacredness of a moment or what he has done. Um, so there would be times in the Old Testament when uh, the nation of Israel would uh, win a battle, cross a river, and build a pile of stones to forever, you know, and then when you bring your kids back by this, tell them this was the, I remember this story, this, this sparks stories, this sparks ideas, this idea of a commemorative event. And then now transition that into a New Testament thing. I think that this the idea of fasting has been something took place, something happened, and as a result and as a response, um, I've done this. Now, it can also be a part of a natural regimen. There's been people in my life that have done, they fasted every, I think Kylie's grandma has fasted every, I don't know what day of the week it is, for however many years, 40-something years. She just mm -hmm. doesn't eat on Fridays or whatever it is, mm -hmm. and that for her has been a not I, I, not again, not a, in manipulative, I'm trying to get God to do something for me. I've been blessed with a family. I've been blessed with this, a pretty good life. Um, and I'm doing something as a commemoration or a commemoration. It's probably not even the right word. I've had three days to sit on it now, two days to sit on it. But that's sort of a, that's sort of a thought of a thank you, a, a, a response, a something, not a tool in the tool belt to be able to get something more. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, that also just sounds like that really regular fasting is just like a practice of faith. So just like, I don't know, just that 
I don't know how to say that either now. But like just a time where you're like, okay, I don't eat on this day and I spend that time doing X, Y, Z with whatever I'm, other yeah. things I do, right? Like, I don't know, praying, Bible, thinking, thankfulness, whatever it is. Yeah. I just thought while you're talking, we, so we should have a Thanksgiving fast instead of a Thanksgiving feast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the opposite. We made all this turkey and now we're not going to eat it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, just what you see is even his time in the desert with the temptations piece was not his way of getting the father to do something for him, but just I'm commemorating the initiation of a new phase for me. I've gone from being a pretty just normal kid, teenager, human being, up to now I'm entering into the ministry phase of why I was sent here. That really was the beginning spot. I mean, it's baptism, the, you know, this, you see now things are changing, right? Um, things are going to be different from here on out. And so I need I need a marker. I, that, that might be the right word. Marker. A marker. Mm -hmm. I need a marker to be like, I remember that. I remember doing that, and mm -hmm. that was a big piece. So. Yeah. All right. Nice. Um, that'll be it for recap, mm -hmm. unless you had something else. No. That okay. Good. I mm -hmm. like it. Uh, something interesting you want to start yeah. us off? Um, I found a new, like, well, I was trying to find something that wasn't TV because I've been doing too much of that. Um, so I found a new thing. It's called Silence, Science Daily, and they have, like, new science articles that come up. And the one that I thought was interesting was about... Is it an app or, like, an email thing? It's like a website, probably okay. an email. I don't know. I haven't fully researched it <laughs> in terms of, like, what Science Daily is. Um, but they, um, I think they publish like parts of scientific papers that have come out, but this one's about eyes. And so for a long time, we used to think that all eye signals were like stimulation. So like whatever, so your eye gets, hits light, hits your retina, it stimulates a neuron, which sends a signal to your brain and then it stimulates something in your brain. And that's how we see, right? But they just realized that the, uh, the retina has a certain number that send inhibitory signals. So they send signals to your brain that stop neurons from firing. Um, and they think that it, it has to do with regulating your circadian rhythms. So like in low light, that sends inhibitory stuff so that it doesn't throw off your circadian rhythms. Mm. And yeah, anyway, but it's still like, it's kind of new research and kind of new stuff. And I mean, the article is pretty short, but that was the cool part for me was like, oh, like for forever, we thought our eyes was just like sending stimulating signals to our brain, but it also is sending signals to like stop things in our brain too. Now we did not talk about this beforehand. <laughs> Um, you mentioned you gave me two options. You want to hear about yeah. eyesight or something else, and but Memory. I didn't know you didn't yeah. go to any, any extent. We are literally. I'm talking about that this weekend with the um, Jewish perception. They had a false idea of eyesight science, and no. it affected the way that Jesus taught about envy and greed. And out of the, uh, they they believe that eyes projected energy. Yeah, uh -huh instead of it responding to energy. And, and so when he's saying this, he's using inaccurate science to do it, but he's also, so you could say, well, Jesus didn't even know proper science, but he's using the science that was commonly yeah. held at the 
at the time he's using a medium that is People really but, like misunderstand science too, like how it, science is distributed and understood. And too. we always have, right? Yeah, I mean, right? good grief. We thought that everything revolved around the earth for how many years? Well, and even just like today, like how you pro like how you learn in science, like, yes, this is new research. We think <laughs> totally. we like, we think this happened, but like, we don't know for sure. Are you talking sure. about coronavirus like, stuff? Are you talking about? I'm not, but that oh, is like that part is of it too. That's so how science it. happens. Yeah. Like, apparently, everybody, this is what happens. And then. <laughs> It comes down, you're like, not even close. What are you talking about, man? <laughs> yeah. But also just like actual research scientists don't talk about their results in absolutes at all ever. Right. Because you can't. It's right. not possible. There's always new information that we're going to learn. So like even things that like even things like gravity, like they are still learning about how that actually works and yeah. what that actually is. Yeah. And so like it doesn't. You know, like things that are absolute in our understanding of the world aren't. To be clear, Megan is not saying that gravity is fake I science. I am not saying that, no. Don't go <laughs> jumping off a tree or your house. Don't do any of that. I really think it still exists. You're still going to get pulled to the I earth. I still think it happens. <laughs> I'm just saying we're not. We're like we just still, don't know exactly how. Yeah, we're still learning how it happens. Yes. And why it happens and what causes it. Yes. That's good. Yeah. Just wanted to clarify. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, my something interesting is one of my favorite uh, always must listen to podcasts is called the Popcast. I've yep. mentioned it so mm -hmm. many different times, and Knox has uh, he's one of the hosts of the show has written a second book. It's called All Things Reconsidered. It's a play on All Things Considered by NPR. Obviously, yep. mm -hmm. reconsiderations in life. This is his second book. He wrote another book called The Wondering Years a couple of years ago, maybe a year ago, and it was good. And I even think I brought it up as something you interesting. did, yeah. Um, however, I think I mentioned in my review of it, it is a it was clearly um, edited either by a uh, like it had to turn religious, it had to turn spiritual for it was, you know, Christian publisher. Right. And so, like, I don't know if he felt the obligation to make sure everything tightened up and was in a nice bow at the end or they encouraged him to do that. It didn't feel Knox ish in parts of it. This second book, I had a chance to um, be a part of like a pre-read through group, and it has it re releases fancy. June first. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so fancy. You can anybody can. You pre-order a book and you sign up on his website, um, and then they send you a, a Kindle version of it. Um, and this book is so much better. It's and not it's not saying that the first one was bad, but this one is very much more in his lane of. Um, throwing stuff up, in, up against the wall, all things that are interesting, seeing which ones stick. You might not agree with um, some of them. I, you know, did and didn't. But his humor, his take, his um, it's all just really good. So as much as I recommended his last one, I highly recommend this one. All things uh, reconsidered. And uh, it comes, pre-order it or, or whatever. Um, but uh, it's a good quarantine read for sure. Um, and the, the idea of reconsideration, I used to think this. Then I was presented with new information, and now I'm different. And it's it's quirky. It's fun. Like you know, people are gonna think we like coordinated because our science talk and yeah, that is. yeah, <laughs> exactly, right. But we didn't. I promise. It's just we we have that connection. Um, and uh, anyways, yeah. 
Good. Uh, all right. That'll do it for this week's episode. Our friend Mallory couldn't be with us today. I should or sorry. Yeah, I should have mentioned that at the yeah, beginning of this episode. Um, but uh, she'll be back next week yep. with us. She had some family stuff uh, in town this week. And uh, so next week, we'll be back, uh, all three of us together. We'll be continuing. We've got two weeks left of our Now What series. And uh, yeah, it's uh, we're just hanging in there. Hoping you yep. are too. Yeah. Miss you guys like crazy. And sure. uh, we'll see you out there. Bye. Bye.